Uh, what did you make of that parable? <laughs> what did you make of it? The Lord commended the unjust steward because he'd done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. What on earth is all that about? It is certainly one of the most difficult of the parables, so difficult, in fact, that many biblical critics are so embarrassed by it that they say it couldn't possibly have been told by Jesus. Cranmer includes it in his prayer book and all the subsequent prayer books, but omits the parable of the, of the prodigal son. Though I notice that in the 1928 prayer book, because this is such a difficult parable, they actually inserted as the parable of the prodigal son as an alternative. I was tempted, I must say, to duck this one and go for the parable of the prodigal son, but I, I love a challenge, so here go, come on. What does it, because we've got to first of all remember a parable is not an allegory. You don't try and match each character with a proper character, no. It's got one overriding point. So what is the point of this very difficult parable? Because I really do believe it demands our serious attention even 2,000 years later. I wonder if any of you ever saw the film or the movie, as the Americans like to say, Catch Me If You Can? No? Well, I'll tell you. It tells the true story of a fraud and a con man who managed to insinuate himself, first of all in his youth, as an airline steward in uniform and drew a check for it and lots of money for it. He drew a salary. Then he insinuated himself as a doctor, <laughs> then as a lawyer. And finally, he ended up forging the most sophisticated checks and banknotes that the, the Americans had ever seen. But of course, eventually, the CIA finally catch up with him and he goes to prison. But the CIA man was pretty canny. He realized that this young fraud had some very special gifts, forthright, energy, enterprising, and that all of these, of course, could be harnessed, yes, though they'd been harnessed in his early years to dishonorable and criminal ends, but nevertheless could be Harnessed, yes, as the saying goes, because it takes a thief to catch a thief, they could be harnessed to good ends. So, the young fraud is granted early release from prison on one condition, if he will work with the CIA to catch all the other frauds and the con men and forgers, which he does, and by goodness he does it in spades, more successfully than ever before. The movie ends by telling us that it's a true story. The man eventually married, settled down with children and wife, and became the best worker for CIA to catch all the other frauds. Because instead of harnessing his natural gifts to wrong and criminal ends, he's given the chance now to redirect and harness these same gifts to honorable and good ends. So back to the parable. What did the Lord in the parable commend? He didn't commend dishonesty per se. What he was commending 
was the gifts of enterprise, foresight, the ability to think outside the box, the zeal, but not to wrong ends to which they had been put. No, of course not, but surely to good ends. So Jesus goes on to say that in this world, he says, though not to the wrong ends often, quite frankly, worldly people are often wiser in this respect than the so-called children of light. Yes. They use their enterprise and foresight and enterprise and ability to think outside the box, often to wrong ends, but those are great gifts if only they can be converted, turned around and put to good use. So, firstly, this address, this parable was addressed to the religious leaders of the Old Covenant who are about to have the privileges and responsibilities of their religious leadership made redundant when the kingdom of God dawns with the issuing in of the new covenant with the teaching, life, death and resurrection of Jesus in that new age of which Jesus is the morning star heralding the dawn of a new age when they'll be out of work. They'll be redundant. And faced with that redundancy, the unjust steward, indeed the corrupt steward in the parable, says, well, what am I to do? What are my options? I can't dig. I'm not a farmer. I certainly won't beg. And so he brings all his gifts and enterprising energies to change direction and to think outside the box. Admittedly, to wrong ends, in his case, for which Jesus is certainly not commending him. But Jesus is commending that foresight and enterprise which Jesus can harness for good ends as a steward of the King of Kings in the coming kingdom of God. Do you see? The same gifts, but harnessed now to good ends as a steward in the service of of the king and the kingdom. For as Thomas Aquinas says, grace perfects nature. It doesn't annihilate it. God wants to work on you and me and use all our gifts, but redirect them for the greater picture, the bigger kingdom of his kingdom and in, in his service. So he says to Peter, if you like, Peter, you fish, well then come on, fish for men and women in my service. Don't waste your time simply catching tiddlywinks out of the, the, the Sea of Galilee. Stop working for Zebedee and Sons Limited, very limited, but come and work for the king and the kingdom unlimited forever. Saul, Paul, with his zeal, commitment and single-mindedness, instead of Yes, harnessing all that to kill and suppress Christians, turn it around. Yes, and use that same zeal, commitment, and single-mindedness for making new Christians, as Paul did, and making Christians new. So you see, no longer self-serving, but in the service of others, and all in the service and to the greater glory of God. So... Perhaps God's asking you and me this afternoon, what am I to do in the light of a changing situation? Retirement, 
redundancy, a new family commitment, whatever it may be. And sometimes even when my life is falling apart, I need to change my objectives, don't I? I need to revise my priorities. What are my goals? What am I aiming for now? Don't keep banging on the door when it's closed, but look up and look out to the God of surprises who's got another door just open down the corridor. And the word in the Bible for it is, you've guessed, repent. Repent. Metanoia, a glorious word, not a, a morbid word as we tend to dress it up in Lent. Metanoia, change of mind, change of outlook, new direction, yes. I love in the musical Oliver Twist when the wicked Fagan sings, you know, I'm reviewing the situation. Ah, yes, I think he says, I think I'll stop and think it out again. You know how to make money, says Jesus. Don't be ashamed of that. But come and make money for my kingdom, for those who are genuinely in need. Money is good, you see, when it's directed to good ends. It only becomes bad when it becomes directed to wrong ends. When God created you and me and the world, what did he say every time? At every step in the journey, behold, it is good. It is good. Money, sex, ambition, all these things in themselves are potentially good. It is you and I who have misdirected them. So the call of God in your heart and mine is not a call to be neutered, to become gray men and women, dumbing down our excessive drives, energies, and enterprises, like the man with the one talent you remember, in the parable of the talents who said, I was afraid, so I buried it. Oh, God deliver me. No, but rather to continually review our aims, our goals, and our objectives until that day when finally we hear the voice of our Lord and Master as in the parable of the talents saying to you and to me, well done good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord.